When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Big day for DraftKings as they cashed in on everybody who bet TCU on the money line yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Woo! yeah. That was not great. And the, and the point spread, too. <laughs> Their payroll is going to clear this week. Yeah, no right. about that. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and the birthday boy, Mario Tirabasi. And to my far left, yes, yes. Oh, that's for Mario. All right, now <laughs> cue it up again. We're joined by a special guest today in studio, the Sun-Times Ben Pope. Hey, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Oh, nice. hey. He gets the hip-hop air horn. And uh, to honor Ben and Mario, I want you all to smash that like button on YouTube right there. And while you're near the smash button, hit that subscribe button as well. If you're uh, listening on the podcast proper, make sure you're following or subscribe, whatever you want to call it there. And tell a friend, tell your Hawks fan, loving friend about us. And uh, anything else we need to beg these people for? How about a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it, too? Yeah. And, yeah. All right. That'll work. All right. My job's done. Ben, the Blackhawks, your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's been good to see a a couple wins. I mean, it's not really going to matter in the long run, I don't think, so you can't you can't worry about that too much from the first pick. They're still in line for that. And just to have something, some good vibes, uh, a tremendous two games from Lucas Reichel, Alex Stalock being really one of the better stories in the NHL this year. It's nice to have something positive to, to think about, to talk about. Yeah, something it, different it, to talk about and write about for sure. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Luke mentioned it today too, just talking about, you know, the team was in good spirits and they had their video meeting and everybody was so loose and having a good time that he didn't even want to start the meeting because he didn't want to break up the atmosphere. So it's good. And as we kind of, you know, we do post games every, every game and there's people every time the Hawks pick up two points or one point, the tank is screwed. Everything's wrong. It's it's all terrible. It helps to keep the team motivated and happy to get wins every now and again. So that's obviously huge for those guys. And, And Luke said today, they deserve it. They've been working hard. They're doing their best. They come in and practice hard every day. So it's nice to see they get rewarded. But you mentioned Lucas Reichel, and I think that's kind of where a lot of people's minds are right now. And uh, still not super clear on how long he's going to be here. Uh, Lucas used, I don't want to say vague terminology, but there's not really a better word for it. Uh, with your impressions, covering the team every day, talking to Luke, being in the locker room after games, what's your impression on the plan for Reichel? Well, you're right. They haven't given a specific timeline, but I think this is the most conclusive they've ever been about him being in the NHL full-time, at least for now. Um, It seems like it's definitely going to be at least a few weeks. It could potentially be as the rest of the season. Obviously, that's not clear, but he's not just sort of hanging around as a fill-in for Patrick Kane or just to get a little glimpse of the NHL again. They're clearly planning on him being here for a while and um, taking advantage of this opportunity, and, and he's earned that. He's 
Uh, had a really good season in the AHL, kind of had a slow start, and then got back on track, which is honestly maybe even better than if he had just been dominating from the start to show that he can overcome a little adversity and improve as he needs to, um, to based on what the coach's recommendation is, and then to come up and have two games the way he did this past weekend against Arizona, produced a bunch of scoring chances, um, probably his best game in the NHL to date, and then just smashed that completely out of the water on Sunday with um, not only his best game, but maybe one of the best individual performances by any Blackhawk this season. Mm-hmm. Um, just pretty much controlled the game every shift, um, was good in the forecheck, uh, good defensively, and then created five shots on goal and had three points. And honestly, I think he could have had six points with the chances that he and Domi created. So, yep. um, yeah, just a, a really fantastic weekend for him. And I do think he's um, probably here for to to stay for now at least. We'll, we'll see as – we get towards the bye week and towards the trade deadline if maybe that changes, but it seems like he can get a little bit comfortable at least. Yeah, I think that's the key <clears throat> is him not worrying about, hey, if I have a bad game, am I going back to Rockford? And we, we talked about it this the past couple of days. It's like, how long is he going to be here? And it just seems like they're ready to be like, well, as long as he keeps playing at an NHL level, he'll be an NHL player. And that was what we were waiting for, was that version of Lucas Reichel. Yeah. We've seen that in Rockford for a season and a half. Hadn't seen it in the NHL in his little stints. And when he came out against Arizona that first shift, it was kind of like, oh, okay. This, I think, yeah, you could probably cancel that lease uh, <laughs> on your apartment. And uh, it's exciting. It's just, you know, we don't have to tell you, Ben. You, you, you write about the same thing and you're watching these games. It's pretty much... They've been following this script most of the season. It's just exciting to have, you know, something new, something different, something that actually means something to the future. It's a guy that's on this team that is expected to be here and contributing when they're good again. You can't really say that about really maybe outside of one or two guys, anybody on this roster. So yeah, it's a nice breath of fresh air from kind of a stale season so far yeah it's not not been a uh, a good smelling season so the fresh air is <laughs> is is appreciated and yeah I, you know, I think when you look at the you know giving giving people like us something different to uh to talk about and and, and write about it's also giving the fans something to you know come to come to the games for and the the the, fa- the fans credit to the Blackhawks fans They've still been coming out in in pretty good numbers. I think a lot of people, some people were maybe being a bit, you know, over-exaggerating and saying, oh, there's going to be like the 03, 04 Hawks yeah. and blah, blah, blah and stuff. It hasn't been anything like that. I know you're you're one that pays attention to the attendance a lot. Yeah. What's What's been your impression of, you know, just kind of the atmosphere this season when it's been the season it has been? Yeah, I've been really impressed by the crowds. I think coming in, I had heard that, they were hoping to get around 14,000 a night as kind of the baseline, um, and they've been easily exceeding that for a while now. I think the last four games since the new year have all been above 18,000. Um, before that, I think only the season opener and the host a night um, had eclipsed that. So they've had four of their best six attendances in this this homestand so far. So to see the, the crowds coming out the way they are has been really impressive. I think the fan base really deserves a lot of credit. I don't a lot of people have used the bandwagon term for this town and this team for a really long time, and I think it's pretty clear that that's not the case anymore. So, yeah, definitely the attendance has been um, way above what I expected. For yeah, sure. you, you can't be on a bandwagon for 16 years or whatever yeah. it's been. Yeah. Like, 
well past that. No, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, this week, you know, with the attendance. Uh, you know, you had Christmas break for, you know, colleges and, and schools, so that might have helped a little uptick. Yeah. People getting, you know, Blackhawk tickets for Christmas uh, to go to a game. We'll see how that happens, see how it goes. But I kind of think we've been getting – there's been a lot of like, at least it appears, maybe it's just me, but a lot of like newer fans, maybe first timers. In the like, you can you could tell by, you know, how many times do we hear the "Let's Go Blackhawks" instead of "Let's Go Hawks" chant? And it's like <laughs> the old season ticket yeah. holder in me is getting like, no, that's not the chant. But like, I think you're seeing <laughs> people that probably, you know, either couldn't get access to it or were priced out from those those Stanley Cup eras finally getting a chance to, to come out and enjoy a game, which is which is always great. Yeah, it, it's been – the atmosphere has been cool, and I think part of it, too, is the transparency the organization has had in saying, look, we know this is going to be tough. We're going to work hard. It's our whole slogan, ready to work, which just indicates we're not ready to score a lot or win a lot, but we're ready to <laughs> really go out there and give it the old college try. And I think fans appreciate that honesty and, and appreciate that candor and can – that's why we haven't seen people that are actually paying attention to the Hawks getting really mad about the way the season is going. People get it. I think people understand that it's overdue. And uh, I wrote for my Blackhawks beat today that, you know, Mariano and I were doing the podcast yesterday and I kind of came to the conclusion during the show that I'm just sort of ready to move on from Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And when I published that this, this morning, I was expecting a big pushback and there's been nothing and we ran a poll on the CHGO Sports Twitter account. I think it was like 68% of people agreed. I, I just think people understand the reality of where the Hawks are right now, and they're willing to withstand some losing because they understand that you know there's a plan and it, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully. And I think that, that could be why people are willing to spend their money to go see what they probably know is going to be a loss. I think there's something to the fact of like, being able to say I was there, you know, I'm not a bandwagon. I was there it's in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was yeah. there watching Mackenzie Entwistle on the second power play. Unit. I'm <laughs> a real fan. There's something to being in on the ground floor. When you know that your team is rebuilding, there's like a certain satisfaction of like when you were there for, through like a season like this and probably the next couple for when you get that payoff. As a fan, there's there's a little more satisfaction, I think, to be like, yeah, I went through the hard times, and now I'm here to enjoy the payoff. So I think that as long as the team is crystal clear in what they're doing, it's hard to really hate it. Yeah, sure, you could hate the night in and night end result. You're not getting the wins you want, but to finally have some foresight in this organization for the first time in a long time, it's very easy to support that. I think, and we're getting a little off topic here, but I think it's also kind of an indication of the brand's lasting power. Like everyone who talked about worrying that it might go back to the early 2000s kind of crowds, um, that hasn't really come about, even though they've become even worse than they were back then because, I mean, the, the team has struggled for a while now. There was obviously the whole sexual assault scandal that, that hurt their reputation. Um, and in spite of that, it, they remained a big part of the, the fabric of the city, clearly um, still something that people want to go and enjoy just a live hockey game, even if, they aren't really expecting the Blackhawks to win. I think that's a testament to just how far 
the brand has come and how established it's gotten yeah. in Chicago compared to where it was two decades ago. Yeah, and a lot of that had to do with the winning, and you established a whole new generation of Hawk fans by getting the home games on TV, where those two thousand early 2000s, the Blackhawks missed out on like an entire generation yep. of potential fans. Yeah. By being bad and not being accessible. And they changed that. They won three cups and they were all over the place. And the, those people who were 10, 12 years old are now in their 20s and have their own disposable income and they're still fans. And that goes to show you how the past regime's, you know, attitude towards home games on TV and all that stuff kind of bit them in the bit them in the ass for a few Who'd years. Who'd have thunk it? Um, hey, the Bears are still living off of 1985, so the Hawks can still live off 2015. <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite Chicago sports <laughs> joke of all time. How are the Chicago Bears fans and Marty McFly alike? <laughs> they they constantly want to go back to 1985. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? It has sucked ever since then. So why not? Yeah. Uh, sort of led me to something there, Greg. Ben, you've had the uh, you've been covering. Is this your third year on the beat? Fourth year. Fourth year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you've had the comparison of the prior regime to this one. How would you compare? I know there's a lot of people uh, in like the PR department and things that are the same. But how would you compare working for the prior regime to this one in terms of covering the team? In terms of covering it, um, I mean, it's definitely improved. Um, there's more access now. There's more transparency. I think. Um, there's just more honesty when we do get to talk to people like Jamie Faulkner and Kyle Davidson than, than before. It, it's still not maybe the most access compared to other teams around the league that just are in smaller markets, have less media coverage. Like um, I know some teams that have come in here and like Nashville, uh, some of us were waiting to talk to Kevin Lincoln and they let us hang out in the locker room for an hour till he finally <laughs> came off the ice. So it, it's still a little bit different covering the Blackhawks than covering a, a different team would be, but it's definitely improved in terms of the, the media access and that whole culture for sure, and hopefully it's going to keep improving. From what we've heard, they're, they're gradually making efforts to do that, so um, would, would enjoy if that continues. Yeah, I, I would like to hear from Kyle Davidson a little more often, and I know that he's in a tough spot because he knows that probably 70% of the questions – are going to be Kane and Taze related. Yeah. And what can he really say until these meetings with uh, the agent take place and they figure out their futures? So I, I can understand him wanting to lay low, but I, I really liked how when he does speak, how honest he is. But I would like, you know, maybe a monthly check in with Kyle Davidson to where maybe after a practice we could all ask him questions or whatever. I know he's done some one on one sort of things, but I think being a little more available from time to time would be helpful, especially in a year like this, because I think. You know, fans like to hear from their leadership. And, and back when I was working at it's in sports radio, there were teams that just refused to let their players be available and their coaches be available. And, and I tried to tell those PR staffs, like, the best thing you can do is go and address things. Because then at least people hear, like, okay, now I understand where you're coming from instead of just the snowball of rumor and speculation. And those things, they get, can get so out of control sometimes that, they become air quotes truth in the minds of a lot of people watching it. So I would like for Kyle Davidson to be a little more available. But aside from that, I I, I don't know. It, it has been a pretty easy team to cover. You know, the locker room access is good and it's been enjoyable. And you could tell because I was around the team a little bit back in the McDonough era. Just the tension is not there anymore where it was like your tie has to be a certain length and your shirt has to be perfectly yeah. like there was this whole like. Everyone was scared, and now it's just a much looser attitude, and I think that kind of 
has rippled through the whole organization. I think that the coaching staff in particular yeah. is, is a big difference. Like Luke has been fantastic this year, um, just being willing to be honest even when the team's not doing well and just going into the X's and O's of like intricate systems and plays and everything. I mean, that's that's not only totally new for the Blackhawks, but not many coaches around the entire league do what he does in terms of breaking things down in depth. So that's been really interesting, even just personally for me to learn more about the little tiny details of the game, even if I'm not really necessarily going to write about it or report about it. He's been, he's been great to work with and the whole staff too. I mean, we all know how great Derek King is and uh, to talk to Jimmy Waite, which something never would have happened before, but got to do that about a month ago and he was fascinating and um, hopefully some more of the assistance coming up. So the coaching staff is one area that there's been tremendous improvement in the media access for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how Luke progresses as his career goes on. You know, does he still get as in depth, you know, as he's three, four years into this, as his team is, you know, hopefully getting better. Does he still want to give away as many trade secrets? But I, I want to get Luke. I want to have Luke, Luke Richardson there once a week and just <laughs> put a play on the board and have him explain it. And then walk away for forty five minutes and come back and sign out. Like, <laughs> he loves. Yeah, that. he's a fan of the he game. He loves yeah. the X's yeah. and O's. Even when we had him here right after he was uh, introduced, he started getting into that. He gave us a little glimpse of like how passionate he is about that. And as I've said hundreds of times during the course of the season, if he is that detailed to us, what's he doing in that locker room? There should never be an excuse for a guy not knowing where to be on a Luke Richardson team. That's for sure. He, in that, sorry to interrupt again, but in that Arizona game, he mentioned that they had made some small defensive tweak against Clayton Keller uh, to try to slow him down. And um, he didn't go super into it in the post game. So I went back and watched Keller's shifts in the second period. And I couldn't find it specifically what he was talking about. So then on Tuesday, I guess, or Again, the days mixed up. We but have, Sunday, yeah, we, we have no yeah. idea what day it is. Um, yeah, today is Asked him for two. clarification, and he he went right into just every detail. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome to have a guy that's willing to do that. Yeah, and he yeah. doesn't. I mean, I've dealt with coaches. We've all dealt with coaches at other levels. It's just kind of like they feel like they make you feel like you're bothering them, like or they talk down to you or try and explain it super simple because you don't know what you're watching, but that you don't get that case that with, with Luke at all. He's yeah, he, he, he seems to really enjoy it. And it mm -hmm. seems like he enjoys talking about it. And I don't think I've ever seen or covered a coach that is so, it just seems so willing to give. Like today he only talked for like three minutes. He's like, that's all like. Like I got more. Like, let's. Yeah, I don't want to go back like, to the office. Yeah, like, like we, we can keep going if you want to. I just think that's really refreshing, and I, I I would like to know, and maybe we don't know yet, but how the players feel about him. I haven't seen any negative comments about it. We haven't seen any pictures of um, veteran Blackhawks completely tuning out the head coach like the last guy. Um, but I, it just seems like I can't imagine a player looking at him and being like, "This guy doesn't know what he's talking about." He comes with when when he was hired. That's what Kyle Davidson said. We want a guy with a presence. We want a guy who commands respect. And I think, you know, you, he checks both those boxes. And just like we talked about Kyle Davidson and his plan being sound, whether or not it, it ends up working, we'll see. But it seems like Luke's plan is sound going in every game too. And and I think for the players, that's probably all they really need to, to see and hear. Yeah, I, I think from early on in the season, I think there were some – some questions from to the players about you know what do you think about Luke Richardson and his his system and how you know how he handles himself 
And I think the the reviews from the players, I think, and especially uh, a guy like Jonathan Taze early on was really positive. And I think th- things have gone, you know, the, the the players are still engaged every game. They're 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 not quitting. They're not you know looking for the you know looking for the exit early on. And I think they're still you know bought into to what he's been you know preaching to them this season. So I think you know even without having to ask, I think those kinds of things kind of indicate that his message is getting across and, and the players are, are still responding positively to him. So I think it's, it's, it's been a great start for him. I, as, as much as the record would, you know, say like, Oh, this season must suck. Like I think for him, he's besides winning games, like he's doing everything right. I think he's, he's got the locker room brought in. I think he's been able to figure out his, his roster, push the right buttons at the right times. And, and the players are responding to it. He's in an ideal situation for a first-year coach because mm-hmm. there is zero pressure to win. There are no expectations. You literally have fans that get mad when he does win games. So, <laughs> like, he's got yeah. a he's got a pretty good situation. Granted, it's not a great roster by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's going to help him in the long run because he gets to be more of a coach this year than yeah. if he walked into a room. You know, if he'd got the Toronto Maple Leafs job, how coachy could he really get with a team that's got Stanley Cup aspirations? Yeah, he can make tweaks here and there, but he's got a room of guys that have to be coached, need to be coached, and that's going to help him down the line. And not having that pressure of wins and losses for a first-time head coach, I think, goes a long way. He can feel more relaxed and do his thing. That's a that's a good point, and it makes me think about, I wonder what, in two or three years when – there are higher expectations, right. and the team inevitably has losing streaks just because every NHL team does. If his reputation is going to hold up quite as much or fans will start to get frustrated with him like they do with every coach, it's just going to be interesting to see how his kind of tenure evolves as he does have a little bit more expectations eventually. Yeah, we've had yeah. to talk down a couple people during this season <laughs> where are like, I don't know if Richardson's good for this job. It's like the roster. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Like, we can get Scotty Bowman circa 1976 in here, and it'd still be lousy. Like, let's let's relax. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. is Sam Lafferty not have 50 goals yet? <laughs> Fire Richardson. We've got some chat questions for Ben we're going to get to on the other side of this break. But first, we want to let you know about the Comma Ed Energy Efficiency Program. It is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve manage energy usage, and lower energy bills now and into the future. Comet offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting, and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiznow to start saving money and energy. And to start a project, contact comed at 855-433-2700. For more info, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. And if you enjoy saving money on your energy bill... And you're going to love saving money on purchasing tickets through the GameTime app, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, any type of show, any type of event uh, that uh, that you could dream of. GameTime can get you the best deal on tickets. You ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, like the 50-yard line 
courtside at a Bulls game behind home plate, maybe on the glass at the United Center. Just as long as you don't bang on it, you'll make Jay a happy person. Uh, happy it wasn't the banging. <laughs> it was the yelling. <laughs> that lady was yelling, and the whole arena could hear her. No. Anyways. Too much too soon. Go Get through the Game Time app. <laughs> go through the Game Time app. Get your tickets. Uh, the biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats that you never thought you could buy. Uh, looking at the Thursday night game between the Avalanche and the Blackhawks. Looks like 25 bucks right now on Game Time gets your butt in a seat at the United Center. That is quite the deal to see the uh, defending Stanley Cup champion and injury-depleted Colorado Avalanche uh, coming into town. Hey, maybe it's a game the Blackhawks could uh, – they, they've been upset-minded recently. So, yeah. they, you know, they might put uh, put up a good fight against the Avs. And you can see it for a low, low price. If you love CHGO, you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. And when you do that, you're going to be joining over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and have scored the best seats to all of your favorite events. That's right. Uh, all right, we got a question in the chat from McLovin. He says, Ben, who on the roster over the years has been the nicest to you while working for the media? Any interactions that have stuck out with you in a positive way? I get asked this all the time, and I feel like the list at this point after four years and all the roster turnover is too long to count. But <laughs> um, I think on this current team, there's really a lot of great guys. Um, I think Jason Dickinson's been really interesting to, to get to know. Um Patrick Kane, you got to give him credit. Even at this point in his career, he's still very media-friendly and happy to talk about whatever. Um, Reese Johnson's actually been uh, really fun to, to get to know him as well. I wrote about his ranch up in Alberta uh, a few months ago, and um, he, he, he genuinely loved the story. He wanted a print copy of the <laughs> newspaper to, to frame um, up in the farmhouse. So, oh, that's awesome. Um, it's, it's, it's fun to just get to, to know the off-ice side of some of these guys and um, their personalities beyond just what they're doing out there on the ice. So I feel like there's always a lot of great guys. I mean, I mentioned Lankin and earlier. He was just one of the happiest, yeah. most earnest people you'll ever meet. Dylan Strom gets, has gotten a lot of love over the years for being super great with the media. So um, even Zach Smith back in 2019, uh, he was awesome. Uh, just like a big rock music fan. I enjoyed talking oh, nice. to him about that. So That's a there's a long guy. list of different guys over the years, and I'm sure – some of these prospects come in, it seems like a lot of them are pretty media-friendly too. Yeah. So that yeah, should be good to, get, good to get to know them as well. All right, well, then Steve has a follow-up. Who's the worst guy you spoke to? <laughs> Who's a real Who's going right under the bus? Whack? Um, I know you, can, you don't want to answer I that. I mean, it, worst <laughs> is tough, but I, I feel like Duncan Keith was always a guy. It just was never seemed to have been the same wavelength with him. And um, obviously he was just – maybe a little bit grumpy at the stage of his career when I came in and they weren't experiencing a lot of success. So uh, I didn't have the relationship with him from when they were good that the maybe other guys were able to rely on. So um, always had some sort of intimidation when I was trying to talk to him and he would kind of spike back at me, but um, it, I, it wasn't really anything terrible or anything. It's just, I, I can understand where he was coming from with that. Well, it's gotta yeah, be, absolutely. I mean, we're lucky that our first year covering the team, it's Kane and Tazen and it's like, a bunch of yeah. guys who are newish on the roster and the the veterans are were like Connor Murphy, McCabe, Jack Johnson are all pretty media friendly guys. But I have to imagine you entering the beat with all those guys still there. That's intimidating. You know, it was yeah. Seabrook yeah, four years sure. ago was still there, right? Yeah, Seabrook was there and was yeah. getting healthy scratched 
um, quite a few oh, of those games and was pretty pissed <laughs> That's off. That's a nightmare. After sure. those, so <laughs> yeah, that that fall was definitely a learning experience for me in terms of reporting. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine going into that room and being like, "Hey, I'm new here, uh, Duncan Keith. Tell me your thoughts on." And he was always, I, I don't know, not like he wasn't a, a jerk, but he just kind of prickly and and standoffish and guarded. Maybe is the right word for him. Um, but yeah, I, I do not envy you jumping into that like midstream of the dynasty, uh, and having to you know, you know, cut your teeth with with that locker room because that's a lot of strong personalities and big opinions and stuff. What was Q like to cover? You had a. You had I a wasn't here for him. Has it been four years? Yeah, it was. It was. God it, Almighty! It was the start of the 2018-19 yeah. season. That was yeah. the first. That was the first year. I started covering AHL games, so I got like two Jeremy Colleton home games, and then he was gone. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> two too All right, many. Well, so, what comparing now Richardson and his candor compared to Colleton? What was that? <laughs> what was it like covering Jeremy Colleton? <laughs> thing, I, I know everyone hates well, on Colleton now. Honestly, I found he was perfectly fine to deal with. Like he maybe he wasn't the best interview, certainly not Richardson level, but he wasn't the worst. Like he wasn't Torts level. Um, he, he was a smart guy. Like it was pretty clear, I think all along he, <laughs> that, yeah, that may have been the issue is that he, he, he knew he was so smart. Um, that's a fair point, but, uh, I, I thought he was, he was fine to deal with, like not great, but not, not terrible. Um, it just, as it went on his sort of stubbornness and just unrelenting dedication to what he was doing kind of wore thin, but I, I thought he had some good ideas and, and had, so a, a lot of intelligence and could could be a good interview in the right situation. Yeah, I I had some experience with him at the AHL level with Rockford and and g- having watched him spoke with him at the AHL level and then watching him go through the NHL through his through his career, I was kind of picking up on like I think he's believing too much in his own self. Uh, when the the results on the uh, the ice were not translating, so yeah, I, I definitely picked up on that. And um, yeah, I mean, talking about like coming into a, a an experience that was, you know, maybe a little bit intimidating when when you first joined. I know for for us, uh, coming in late last season in in, in March and, and April, with you know, Jonathan Taze being grumpy and and Patrick Kane, you know. Going through, going through, uh, going through the end of, of last season, and you had Alex DeBrinket and not knowing what his future was going to hold, and everything like that. I just remember being in those those little, you know, individual locker rooms because it was still COVID protocol. But I remember being sitting in there, and you know, having you know Jonathan Taze walk in after a loss, and just kind of just being like, "I'm just going to sit here quietly and let <laughs> let you and, and the rest <laughs> of the beat be, take the take the lead," because it because it was. There was some tension there. You could feel it from the players. And I think this year, even though the results and the expectations were to be bad, I know walking into the locker room, it doesn't there there doesn't really feel like you you walk in and, you know, guys are scowling at you like, don't talk to me. Like it definitely feels like these guys have an understanding of of what this season it really is going to be about because when we talk, we, we were there in Colorado at the beginning of the year and they were talking about like, we have a chip on our shoulder and we want to prove people wrong. And I think now it kind of feels like at least for the locker room, the reality is set in and they're kind of just trying to make the best of the, uh, of the situation. I think the mood was worse last year than in 2019. So you guys had it worse than me, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could, when we got there in March, you could tell that not just the team, but like, even the beat was just done with it. Like this, that was a season 
just with everything that happened in October and every and coaching changes and GMs getting fired and the whole Kyle, B, it was everybody was just ready for it to be over and you could tell right away. So yeah, it was a little. And here we walk in, big smiles on our face. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and meanwhile, it's just like, who the eff are these guys? <laughs> like, look at these guys happy to be here. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we even got a what's up, guys, from Taves today as he was uh, leaving. Oh. There goes the the ghost. The CHGOST is struck. <laughs> that was creepy. All right. right. Live podcast. I thought uh, I thought shirtless dark guy was coming in to kill us. Hey, you know, uh, at least uh, at least Taze stayed uh, stayed upright this time. Yeah, he's he's got a bad wheel. Yeah, he's he's got, got a bad wheel. Taped leg. Yeah, I, but I, I think kind of getting back to Luke a little bit, I, I think he deserves credit for um, the team maintaining their I don't know professionalism or. I know it just every practice has seemed to be upbeat. Like if you didn't know, like we dropped you in here from, you know, Brazil or something and said, how's this team doing? You'd probably think they're doing pretty well because guys are laughing or having fun. They seem pretty tight knit for a crew that's pretty new as teammates with each other. There's so many new faces. I think Luke deserves a lot of credit for that. And and, and he has said repeatedly, I'm not going to be the kind of guy who's going to go flip over the bio steel table and scream and yell because once I use that bullet, it's gone. And then people start to tune me out. I, I, I think that he has done a masterful job of keeping this team loose and as happy as can be when they are the statistically worst team in the league. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I, the mood has been really good this year. Like, talking about the mood of the previous years, I mean, the, the difference is very tangible. Um, just in terms of how happy and easygoing and um, I don't know what the word would be, but yeah, it's just even, I think guys aren't like accepting losing or embracing that, but they're, they're in a good mindset in spite of it. So that's been good to see. I think you have a lot of guys who are getting opportunities with this particular roster. They wouldn't get on any other team. Guys are getting, you know, Max Domi is not a top line center anywhere else except right here, right now. You know, you get you get guys who are getting opportunities. You know, Taylor Radish is he a top six forward forward on any other roster? Probably not a lot. So they're they're embracing that. They're like, hey, I got to make the best of this situation for me personally while trying to help out a team. I think that goes a long way. You get a lot of guys that you know probably would be AHLers, and they're they're getting power play time. They're getting penalty kill time. Um, there's nothing wrong with embracing, hey, I, I, I see what's going on here. I'm no dummy, so I'm going to make the best, and, and I'm, get, I'm getting a role that I wouldn't get anywhere else, so let's, let's just have fun with it. Let's, let's, let's spend some time on Kane and Taves because those two guys are the biggest uh, story of the year and you know of the last decade plus, truthfully. Um, I think those two also, uh, whatever happens at the trade deadline or this summer, they deserve some credit, too, for – how this room has been because had Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane chosen to come in week one pissy that the team was going to be bad, this could have gotten really ugly really fast. And I wrote about it today. Like there's so many guys in that locker room and it's funny, like we don't realize that so many NHL players, like even in their mid twenties, there was a piece in the athletic this week about the Kachuk boys and how they grew up idolizing Patrick Kane. You're like, Wait, what? Like how? But there's a picture of Kane with them as like little kids. So many guys look up to these guys in this locker room. And had they had a crappy attitude, that kind of would have reflected on the team. And and just 
trying to go back to Cowlton for a quick second, Keith and Seabrook and Taves and Kane and, and all the, not so much Kane, but those other guys didn't buy in. And that kind of sunk Jeremy Cowlton from the start too. So to have Kane and Taves in this season of uncertainty for themselves personally and for the team to go there every day and have a positive attitude, they deserve almost as much credit as Luke for the atmosphere of the team around the team, I think. Yeah, they've, they they both been really good with it. I think we saw Taves get a little bit of that grumpiness after a couple of the really bad losses in November and December, but for the most part, we haven't heard him kind of openly wondering what it'd be like to be elsewhere the way we did at the end of last season a couple times, and maybe that's been on his mind. It probably has, but to it's good on him to, to not let that kind of spill over and to still um, be keeping this team unified and um, being that sort of strong leader and, and captain, um, even through these tough times, even as his future is up in the air. And same thing for Kane. I think it's always been a little bit easier for him to not worry too much about the big picture and just kind of take things day by day. But um, he's certainly had a good attitude about it all, even as his production has been less. And I know that's been bothering him personally, but he hasn't let that rub off on the rest of the team or um, really affect sort of the attitude he has as a leader. So they definitely both deserve credit for sure. So we've been hearing for months now that Kyle Davidson is going to meet with Pepperson, who is the agent of both Kane and Taves. Do we have any idea when that's happening or if it's happened already? I haven't seen anything about it happening. I, I don't know either. I think it's supposedly going to happen sometime during this homestand. Um, so maybe by the end of the month we'll, we'll have a better idea, but I don't have any great insight in from <laughs> on that. What do you think is going to happen with those two? I know we're all guessing at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm certainly guessing, too. Um, man, it's it's really hard to say. I think it's certainly more likely that Kane gets traded than Taves does just because how much harder it would be with the cap hit and um, just sort of the players they are at this point to trade Taves. Um, but obviously, just first and foremost comes down to what they decide. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we've all been saying for months and months and months every time we get asked about the, the trade rumors is that it's really you can't dive into it too deeply until they give the green light. And as far as we know, they still haven't given the green light. So that's just kind of a guessing game at this point. Yeah, we we talked about it yesterday, all the different possibilities that, that could happen. And, you know, with with Kane being injured, you know, what 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 does that, you know, do for, for his trade value and things like that? And, I mean, today at practice, he was, he was out before the, the team practice but then didn't practice with the team. Um, and, and it sounded like Luke made it seem like he'll probably play Thursday as long as he can practice tomorrow. Yeah, he didn't seem too concerned about it. I, I would say he's kind of questionable for Thursday. It sounds like that depends on tomorrow's practice, but it, every indication is that this isn't going to keep him out long-term yeah. or like really carry over into the deadline season. So I wouldn't, from a trade perspective, I don't know if it's really relevant at this point, but yeah. obviously he has been dealing with some nagging things over the past few years so maybe if it gets re-aggravated or flares up or doesn't go as planned it could like it's definitely something to monitor but it seems for now that the Hawks and and he don't expect it to be something that'll still be an issue in February okay yeah I mean I I I think if he's if he's on the ice even testing it out uh the way that he has been I mean it, it seems like it's probably not going to be something that would keep him out for a long time require any kind of surgery or anything like that and um, I mean that's that's good news for him. It's good news for the for the Blackhawks as they try and figure out his future and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I, I think 
you know, you, you, you have to qualify, like you said, you have to qualify everything with like, it's, it's their decision. And, you know, we, we talked about it uh, on yesterday's show. If there was a sense that both Taze and Kane wanted to maybe come back, give it another two, three years or anything like that, would you, if you were Kyle Davidson, you know, in that situation, would you say like, okay, great, like open arms kind of thing? Or do you think in the back of his mind, he's kind of hoping that eventually he can move on from these two guys? That's tough too. And I feel like I haven't thought about that too much because everything's been focused on the trade deadline. But I think it would certainly come down to partly how much money they would want. Um, and not just necessarily them wanting little money, but like they're going to have to get to the, the, the cap, cap floor, floor yeah. next year. So maybe that could be a factor in terms of maybe paying one of them or something if it that's the way it ends up going. But, um, yeah, I really, I really don't know on that on that either it's I think we're gonna find out a lot we've already found out a lot about Davidson's rebuilding plans but there's still a lot more to figure out because we've only really seen his how he's gonna tear it down to this point we don't really know yet how he's gonna carry it on yeah um, and build it up other than obviously just accumulating as many prospects as possible <laughs> so um, I think it's gonna actually be really interesting to see what the plan is with the NHL roster next year how bad or competitive they plan to make it and how they get to the floor and how many veterans they want around and if maybe one or two of those guys are still a part of it if they want to be and there's still a lot of questions with that so once we get to and past the trade deadline if they're still here then I think the focus starts to turn to that but it also wouldn't be surprising to see them even if they don't give a green light to a trade just let it fizzle in in July and let them walk away and have that be the end too I that wouldn't be shocking at all either Mm -hmm. there's one thing we know about Kyle Davidson is he is not afraid to make an unpopular move yeah so that's true you know we'll see all right we got some good questions for you here in the chat Ben so let's get to them we got one here from young dangle god all right you're probably overselling your hockey skills a little bit young dangle god let's be honest but we'll, we'll allow it he said Ben did you ever talk to Malcolm Subban about his singing voice or were you just as shocked as I was at his national anthem performance in Buffalo last year? I was just as shocked as you were. I <laughs> did not know about that at all. Um, even at the game, I had no idea that he was doing it till they announced him like two minutes or one minute before he started doing it. So That's that was awesome. crazy. That's like one of the, the most surreal moments I feel like I've experienced covering a game. He was good. Oh, he was yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah, he killed it. I remember that. Really good. I know we had a couple others in there. Who, who, who was better, too. Malcolm Subban or uh, Miguel as part of doing his Elvis? Yeah, that was impressive, awesome. too. Not only was, awesome. was it impressive, and uh, I tweeted from uh, my account the other day, if you want to go check it out, Miguel Esparza, who does the uh, Spanish call of Bears, Hawks, does he do Bulls, Cubs. He does Cubs. I don't know about Bulls, yeah, Cubs. Like he sure does, about Bulls, but yeah. Uh, so he called the Bears game. He was calling the Hawks game. Then during the first intermission, he did an Elvis medley on the scoreboard Killed that was it. amazing. Killed yeah. it. Yeah, he was he was awesome. That was that was, was really cool. his, his LinkedIn profile calls himself Miguelvis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> perfect. So if he's ever if he's going to do a show in the summer, I might go check it out. That'd and respect for the uh, rhinestone denim jacket too. That was not many people could pull that off. No, and Miguel, Miguel did. That was yeah. great. I uh, got a question in the chat here from Michael. He says, "Ben, who would you guess would be the next possible impact player to be called up from Rockford?" Uh, well, I talked to a few guys uh, last week, actually went over there. Um, I think I know Alex Vlasic has been hurt, but he came back, I believe, from injury this past week ahead of schedule. Um, in terms of NHL upside, he might have the highest of the guys left in Rockford. I, mean, I think the Hawks still think that he could be a really strong 
NHL defenseman. Um, so I, I would expect he would get an NHL look at some point this season, maybe after the trade deadline when they have a few more roster spots to fill. Uh, Alec Regula, um, when he, he made the team out of camp, then played one game and got healthy scratch for three, and then was kind of up and down for a while, and it sounded like his mentality was suffering a little bit just with that uncertainty and the turbulence. But he's kind of settled into a rhythm and, and gotten in a better headspace. So I would expect him to get a call up at some point. And then with Reichel called up now, I think among the forwards, Cole Gutman is probably yeah. the next guy in line. I mean, he's been really impressive coming in as a rookie um, out of Denver. Um, he's, I think he's sixth among AHL rookies in points per game. And uh, he's been really good defensively too. I know they use him on the penalty kill. He's uh, really good on faceoffs, which is uh, tough for a rookie. I mean, that's often one of the slowest things to translate from college to pro. So uh, he's he's been really encouraging the progress he's made. And the forward group doesn't really have as many contenders um, for NHL time right now, especially with Reichel now up full time. So uh, he's probably the next prospect in line and on that side of things. So be interesting to see if he gets an opportunity and, and what he might be able to do with it. Yeah, it seems like the most of the impact prospects aren't in the professional ranks yet. Yeah. We're still going to have to wait a little while. Speaking of prospects, a uh, question here from uh, Reddy Edgemont. He says, any updates on Frank Nazar's injury and recovery? Any chance he makes the roster next year, or is he still a few years out? Um, I don't know exactly on the timeline for him. My understanding was he's going to potentially be back this spring, but it doesn't seem like it's anytime soon. Um, I think if he had played a full year in college this year, maybe he would make the team next year. He certainly can't rule it out, but I feel like if he ends up missing most or all of the season, which it seems like he's going to, the odds are he probably you want to just keep him in, in college for another year to get that development, especially with the team probably not going to be very good next year at the NHL level too. Yeah. But um, it's unfortunate for him that he's kind of had to miss all this time considering how good he looked in the summer. But um, I guess it's it's better to happen now than three <laughs> years from now. So. Right. Yeah, I would not bet on him being – with the Hawks next uh, season. Yeah, the I reached last. out to uh, Connor Irigood, uh, who covers uh, Michigan hockey for Michigan Daily Sports. This is actually yesterday. He said the coach said Nazar could resume skating soon, but doesn't know if he'll play this season. So it looks like Nazar could be getting back on the ice, which is good. Mm -hmm. But I think Michigan's just going to shut him down and have him just start things fresh next year, yeah. which is probably smart. Uh, we're still kind of unclear, at least I am. Maybe you have more clarity on it, too, exactly what the injury is. Yeah, I, I don't have much info yeah. on it either. It's yeah. funny how, I don't know, I guess college sports are supposed to be secretive about those sort of things, but you find out every college football injury, yeah. I guess it's <laughs> a matter of interest. Well, that's because people bet on college football games. Much you more than, than Michigan Much hockey? more than they do on college yeah, hockey. There's, yeah. there's much more money involved in college football than college hockey, yeah. that's why. Yeah. At least Colton Doc, it sounds like, will be fine, could be back within – Maybe a month or two certainly won't be out for the season because that looked really bad yeah. in the World Juniors. So it, I, my initial thought was that you got to throw him in the Nazar category too, but it sounds like he kind of yeah. dodged yeah. a bullet there. It'd be so. interesting to see if they they I mean they brought they let him they signed him with Rockford at the end of last year. He didn't get any games in, but it'd be nice to see him actually maybe play some Calder Cup playoff games this spring. You know, yeah. well he's. Uh, He's healthy enough to be allowed to be traded in the WHL. We haven't really talked about this yet, but him, Kevin Korchinski, and Nolan Allen now, all teammates Apparently in Seattle. If you're drafted by the Blackhawks, you have to spend You're going to go to Seattle, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, expectations were out there for uh, Seattle in the WHL this season. They are going for it. 
uh, to, uh, to 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 really make make something of it, and they're they're banking on some Blackhawks prospects to help them. So that's kind of yeah. fun. We kind of have a little dream scenario going where we're thinking like, okay, they got all these Hawks prospects on the Thunderbirds. They're a really good team. Maybe it coincides with the Blackhawks' last road game of the year is in Seattle in April. Maybe there's Point. some. WHL playoffs, and then maybe we can convince nice. them to send us out there to talk. Hey, to the some Bulls of those can guys. go to Paris. Yeah, what's <laughs> we can go to Seattle. We can head out to Seattle. That's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be our pitch for the next six years. Well, if you could send the Bulls guys to Paris nine years ago, you can send us here. Yeah, I, I think Doc's injury, by the way, is part of why he was traded to Seattle. Oh, okay. Um, I think uh, Kelowna is kind of not really in the playoffs or yeah. maybe on the bubble. I'm not exactly sure, but. Seattle's like twenty eight five and two or something. Yeah, so they're ridiculous. it sounded like they were willing to take him and just kind of have him sit out for a few months while he recovers, knowing that they are going to be playing a lot longer into the spring than Kelowna might be, and that they have the depth to yeah. make up for his absence. So I think that actually was part of why it ended up happening. Well, there you go. They also have um, uh, Milik from Team Canada, who just won the helped them win the the gold medal. So yeah, they're. Seattle's in good hands. I think they have like eight or nine drafted yeah. prospects on that team. They yeah, should just go stat. crazy. And, I think and a stab checks on that team too. They should. They should trade for Connor Bedard. <laughs> Why not? Hey, if they have really if, if they have seventeen future draft picks to trade, then they can then they can I do it because apparently I, I, that's how those those trades go down. I can understand how Bedard's not getting traded. I mean, that team is not sniffing the playoffs. Get nine million draft picks for him. Does, I, mean, I don't know. I think maybe Regina's economy might. Might hold up. It on is all counter Bedard based. Yeah, it might. Well, be, yeah, it's, guess what? It's going to go based. down the toilet. What's the difference if it goes down the toilet now or if it goes down the toilet in three months? Yeah, who knows? He's not coming back next year, one way or the no, other. No, no, he's not. We had another question for Ben from uh, McLovin in the chat. Said, "If you didn't have a job in media, what job would you have?" Well, I have absolutely no qualification for this, but <laughs> I would love to be like an airline pilot or something. Oh, I've, nice. I really into like YouTube videos about aviation and. You got the flight so simulator, Microsoft. I haven't. I haven't gone that far. <laughs> I, I watch other people do it though, so okay. I'm, I'm not sure it would be good, but it would. It would be fun. It's so. You I guess that'd be my answer. You, I haven't you, really you, ever considered many other careers. You, so. you meet the height requirement, so that's good. <laughs> True. Yeah, I have 2020 vision too, so I. There you go. You're good. You can help me read the chat. Two steps ahead of me. <laughs> so. You and Blackhawks legend Al Secord can fly us all around. There you go. Oh, that'd be a lot. Athens CU's dad is a pilot. Really? Is he? Yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. And if Mackenzie Entwistle had a family, maybe one of them would be a... <laughs> we'll explain that later. Um, <laughs> sorry. All right, we should explain it to Ben now because he's very long. So when we went to the opening game in Denver, we were talking about the excitement of the opener, and he's like, you know, a lot of guys here have family and are really excited. He's like, well, I don't have family. And he, he said it in such a way that made it sound like he didn't have a family. So we've been running That's, with that joke been our inside <laughs> the joke. entire season. When he scored his goal a couple weeks ago, like, too bad his parents aren't here to see this. <laughs> I was, was confused because his mom is uh, regularly yes. liking my yes, tweets. Yes. So. She's, they're, uh, they're both very active His on, dad on follows me and has never liked or replied to me ever. And he's been following me since the Rockford days. But when I say, when I, when I bitch about the... Team USA getting two goals disallowed in the IH. Yeah, I get the seriously question mark from Mackenzie Anderson's dad. I'm like, that's what it takes to get a reply out of you? Okay. Uh, yeah, well, you know how it is. All right, and I got a question from Steve from Cicero, uh, which is my alter ego when I submit a question of my own. Um, who on this team right now, aside from Seth Jones and Lucas Reichel, could you see still being here when the Hawks are ready to contend again? Well... 
it depends what you count as this team right now. Like, I think Isaac Phillips is a good bet, but he's not really a full-time NHLer at this point. He just yeah. kind of happens to be on the roster at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a cop-out answer. So but. let's say current Hawks or Ice Hogs. Let's not say no draft picks in the in junior or college. Um, it's It's got to be one of the defensemen. I mean, they just – They've built so much more of a foundation of young guys there, whether it's Phillips or Regula or um, Vlasic. Uh, I feel like those are three of the, the best bets at this point. As far as the more established NHL players, which is where it gets more interesting, it's probably like Kurashev or Radish. I mean, both those guys are fairly young. They've had decent seasons. They probably won't be too expensive, so maybe in two or three years they'll still be around and those third line guys with some scoring touch, I I feel like that's that's totally possible. Um, so yeah. I guess some combination of those guys would be my answer. Yeah, I like Philip Kershev. I hope they keep him here for a few more years. Especially, hey, you can't write off what we've seen with him and Reichel these last two nights. That's yeah. some that's some good I chemistry. So. I know you you spoke with um, Jakob Galvis when you mm-hmm. when you were up in Rockford. What was the sense you got got from him and? kind of where he fits into things, because he's kind of fallen into the shuffle of defensemen. He has fallen down, um, and I don't fully know why, because I thought he did look really good in his six games last year, and he's played well in the AHL pretty steadily. He's um, top 15 among AHL defensemen in assists this year. I think his size is one big thing holding him back. I mean, he's just he's a pretty small guy, um, and I think the defensive ability is something they've always had concerns about. They've been really working with him on that. The first question and answer I talked with him about he he called himself a defensive defenseman and I sort of asked him well is that are you calling yourself that or is like is that something (laughs) you've been urged to call yourself and he was saying that pretty much he's been urged to call himself that that's he's gotten feedback and he knows that if he's gonna make it to the NHL at some point he obviously needs to listen to what he's being told so that's something he's been really working on and and trying to kind of change his role on that but it does sound like the Hawks maybe aren't thrilled with not, not that they aren't thrilled, but they don't think that maybe what he is right now fits their long-term plans. But but if he can continue improving and maybe evolve his game a little bit, he could fit it more. He's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights at the end of the season, so um, it's not fully certain he'll even be back next year. But yeah. if it were up to me, I would bring him back. I think he's he's earned another year or two to, to show what he can maybe grow into. But it does seem like things are a little bit up in the air for him right now. Interesting. What do you see happening with Ian Mitchell? He's... A guy Similar who was, boat, yeah, yeah kind of once considered, you know, the next generation of great Hawks defensemen, then fell off a little bit, then got hurt this year. But he's been picking up his game the last few. You're starting to finally see what you thought you might be getting from him. Has he done anything here in the short term to kind of maybe extend his time with the organization? The thing is with Mitchell, like, I've always thought he was pretty good. Like, and he has shown that these past week or two he's been in the lineup regularly and I think he's been holding his own completely he's looked like an NHL defenseman maybe not more than a third pairing guy but he looks like he can he can fit here but it just seems like the organization has never really been convinced on him no matter what he really does it's just kind of hard for him to kind of break through um so again if it were up to me I think I would keep him and give him more time and see what he could become in a year or two but I'm not sure the Hawks are gonna are gonna do that but at least they are giving him a little bit more leash here since the new year i mean that's been good to see yeah he might have been drafted by the wrong general manager just saying <laughs> yeah he was definitely overhyped by bowman oh, for sure that that kind what? of put him in a tough spot that's nah. never happened before <laughs> nah. 
All right, got a couple more uh, from the chat here, and then we want to ask you about Peter Check because you had the exclusive on that one, which was awesome. Uh, Reddy Edgemont says, I know there are expectations around Arvid Soderbloom eventually taking the crease as a starter. Where does Drew Camesso fit into that picture, and what does his timeline look like? Are we going back to me again? That's oh. you. You're the guest, man. <laughs> um, I think he still definitely has a lot of NHL potential. Like, I think Soderbloom being in the league so much this year has kind of taken away some of the spotlight, but I don't think Camesso is a guy that is, like, falling in stock or anything. I think he maybe hasn't been as great the first half of the college season as he was last year, but um, goaltending can be pretty volatile, so I don't know if we can read too much into that, and I think he still has pretty high potential, and I think the, the organization still has high hopes for him. Um, so I could see him maybe getting signed this coming off season. I think he's definitely still a guy uh, to keep in mind and to keep an eye on moving forward. I don't think he's really gotten kind of lost or anything like that. Yeah, it's nice to have Soderblom here because then that gives you more time with Camezzo. You don't have to rush him if you've got yeah. a younger guy that can step in and be your 1A, 1B guy for a couple of seasons. No doubt. All right, before we get to the Peter Check stuff uh, that was happening in the last two days, want to remind everybody that the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and our go-to place for wild, cow- wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, oof, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. You don't have to win to get that. You just have to place the $5 bet. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey, you know what I got to do today for the first time in a long time? What? Mm. I got to throw on a pair of Shady Rays yeah. on the drive nice. to practice. Shady Rays never understood... Why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it, and that's exactly what they've done. You do not have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter because our friends at Shady Rays have you and your precious eyeballs covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, it's that insane protection program we've been telling you about. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair for free. No questions asked. You break them on day one, they replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality. I could tell you from being a customer of theirs, for a couple of years, they are just as good, if not better, than any of those expensive pairs on the market. Plus, Shady Rays does a great thing. They will provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. So look good while doing something good for others. They stand behind their product. They told our team that if anyone has any kind of problem, they will throw profit right out the giant test window at the Shady Raids factory and do whatever it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays pays the ship them back. That's it. 
End of story. An exclusive for our listeners. Shady Rays is running the deepest deal of the season. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout and you will receive 50% off all orders containing two or more pairs of sunglasses. I'm no math wizard, but that's buy one, get one free in my world. You can get two pairs of awesome sunglasses for as low as 54 bucks. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. All right. You had the exclusive yesterday. Uh, legendary football goalie Peter Check was working out uh, as a go- soccer goalie yesterday and as a hockey goalie today uh, in at practice. How did that uh, story come about for you? I could talk about this for so long. Just a <laughs> crazy story, but he and Peter Mrazek, uh, well, Mrazek grew up a big fan because Czech was, Czech's 40 now. He had been in the Premier League when Mrazek was a kid, and um, I think Mrazek was wearing his jersey around his hometown in the Czech Republic, but when he was breaking into the league around 2012 with the Red Wings, he ended up with the same agency as Peter Cech and um, ended up meeting him through that, and they became close friends and have stayed in touch over the years. Peter Cech's a really big hockey fan, apparently. Um, didn't know that really before this week, but but he is, and um, Rosick's a big soccer fan, so um, they always kind of were able to talk to each other about each other's sports and um, kind of helped each other even with just uh, like Peter Cech um, – Gave Mrazek a recommendation for a chiropractor this this past fall when he was dealing with his groin injuries. And um, so it sounded like they had always been for years kind of planning for for Czech to come over and hang out with Mrazek during one of his NHL stops. But it had always been tough uh, because Czech um, with the Premier League schedule kind of conflicted with the NHL schedule. But this year Czech has resigned from his Chelsea front office position and now is pretty much a full-time goalie in the third division of English Hockey, uh, which is a crazy story in itself. Um, he's been pretty good, too. He has like a 907 save percentage. Um, hey, but, go. yeah, he came over for this week, and um, just he went to the game on Sunday. Clearly, he's good luck. I mean, they're 1-0 with him in attendance. And, That's true. Um, then did some soccer yesterday with about half the team and um, Morazic and Czech over at the fire facility um, doing some PK shots, and then Czech was on the ice today uh, taking some shots on the ice. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty wild story. I mean, it was great to talk to him and get to know him. He's a really nice, down-to-earth guy, despite being one of the best goalies in Premier League history. So uh, interesting story to just kind of change things up and get a little bit of a, a different view on this team. It's cool to see him come into the locker room in the full goalie gear uh, after he's enormous. Yeah. I didn't realize how big he was. He, I, th- he's taller than me, 6'5". Yeah. yeah. He was a big and dude. He was, took, we, took up a lot of the goal. We interviewed him today, and he was still wearing his skates. So it was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it was pretty. Get on my back. It yeah. was pretty cool, though. He he talked about like he was asked like what are besides the obvious, what are kind of the differences and the similarities of of the playing the same position in two sports, and he kind of you know mentioned about you know taking away the angles and and staying on your feet because once you go down, you're you're done in both sports. So it was kind of cool to hear uh, to hear that from a guy that was one of the best in in you know the top soccer league in the world so pretty cool again something different yeah he also mentioned that the pressure on the goalie is obviously the same in both sports you're kind of the last guy left and it was interesting actually yesterday at that soccer event um he was talking to Mrazek, Domi and Seth Jones about what it's like being a goalie in a PK shootout um and just kind of the the pressure and how it really gets to guys in the world cup and everything and it was just fascinating to hear them kind of like talking to someone that they looked up to or that they were interested in even as pro athletes themselves and just getting that kind of different perspective on a, a different sport that they're not as familiar with so 
Yeah, it was a really surreal event to just kind of <laughs> watch those guys playing soccer and learning from him, even though they're also pro athletes. And then him being like so starstruck by them on the ice today. I mean, he called it a childhood dream to to get to take part in the end of it in NHL practice when he's um, been in the World Cup and been in yeah. Premier yeah. League and Champions League and everything. So uh, just just crazy how different guys, even when they reach the peak of their profession, are still. Um, so appreciative of getting to do it with something else. Yeah. So it was it was interesting to hear his perspective on things. Probably awesome. a, probably a little more pressure, giving up a, a a PK goal playing for Chelsea than giving up a third period goal in the Division Three English Hockey League. <laughs> yeah. Probably a little bit <laughs> different, little but different, I get yeah. I get what he's saying. Yeah. You're the last line of defense, and when you're the last line of defense, you know people are ready to throw you under the bus yeah. when you let one by. Yeah, Ooh. he had some uh, at the end of practice. They were doing kind of a shootout drill with Peter checking goal and held his own on a few. He thanked, he thanked Connor Murphy for shooting it directly in his glove a couple of times. <laughs> Good sense of humor about it. I took I took a video of Max Domi shooting on him, and someone on Twitter is like, Max Domi's right-handed now? And I go, oh, he must have switched hands just to, <laughs> to challenge himself uh, on that one. Because, yeah, he went in he went in right-handed yeah. on uh, on Peter Check. I, everyone's done that in Little League, right? Bad from the wrong side sure. of the plate to see yeah. what you can do. I think Chuck yeah. was doing it in the soccer yesterday. I think he was shooting with his left on some of these okay. guys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> for being a goalie, he was very good at the PK shots. Got to give him credit for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who uh, who had the best leg out of the Blackhawks guys? Uh, Jason Dickinson was really good at soccer. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He must have played growing up or something, but he was he was good. Stalock was probably the worst. <laughs> Got to say, he, he was missing high every single time. Oh, yeah. A okay. bunch of F-bombs. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely the life of the party, for sure. Oh, As fun. always. Hey, Miss yeah. Ty fits right into the Blackhawks post-practice uh, regime. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ben, thanks for being here, man. We appreciate yeah, it. I know uh, I texted you yesterday, so short notice. Thanks for thanks for making the time for us. Uh, do we have an update on the poll law? I know we had a poll running during the show. At this point, are you okay with trading Kane and Taves? 15 minutes into the show, it was 100% yes. 88 percent oh, yes well, that's close fitting. it out now uh, that's still a very high number higher than i would have guessed yeah so hey we've got uh, until march 3rd to keep talking about it and then after that maybe a little bit too so we'll see ben thanks for being here we appreciate it happy birthday mario thank you to lawrence for running the show join us tomorrow 2 30 we're going to talk to uh jesse montano montano yes yes okay i knew it was like montana but there was a there was a noun there was a uh uh, vowel different. Yes. Our, our, our awesome uh, abs beat report. Another crossover. So, yep. yeah. Get a little avalanche and see uh, update on the uh, Colorado uh, Golden Eagles slash avalanche who are coming to town Thursday night. <laughs> Should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you Wednesday at 2.30 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.